With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Speak On It. History and genealogy conversations with Janice and Shara Connor. We invite you to join us on Thursdays at 8 p.m. for an engaging exchange with us and our special guests as we cover various topics regarding history, genealogy, and your personal family history stories. Hello, I'm Janice Gilliard. And I'm Characana Feliciano. Welcome to Speak On It, History and Genealogy Conversations with Janice and Characana. Thank you for joining us. And you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Today, we are joined by our guest, Melvin Collier. Melvin Collier has been conducting historical and genealogical research for over 25 years. Starting at the age of 19, he is a former civil engineer who used his passion for African-American history and historical preservation to foster a career change. He then earned a Master of Arts degree in African-American Studies, Clark Atlanta University, in 2008, with additional graduate coursework in archival studies from Clayton State University. Melvin is an author of several books and has an amazing blog, RootsRevealed.com. Melvin, welcome to Speak On It. Greetings, greetings. Hi, so nice to have you with welcome. us. So nice to have you with us. I am so glad to be here. I'm honored to be here. Thank you all for inviting me. Oh, you're welcome. So we're going to go ahead and get started. And our first question this uh, is, what led you to share your family history in your book, 150 Years Later, Broken Ties Mended? Well, um, I, I was always interested in uh, genealogy research. I, I remember, uh, I even remember watching Roots, uh, and I was no more than about four or five years old in 1977. So that was just something always within me to research my family history. But one of the things that, one of the stories that really captured me early on was the story of my mother's paternal grandfather. And everybody called him Grandpa Bill Reed of Senatobia, Mississippi. So my mom was like the youngest grandchildren of over 60, uh, but uh, she had a lot of older first cousins. And then my, my mother's oldest brother, they used to talk about him all the time. Uh, and I'm, I'm just hearing all of these stories about him, how he was sold away from his family in South Carolina. And uh, he migrated uh, to Mississippi when he became a free man but didn't know where his family was, how uh, they even remember, you know, that he had been enslaved by a bar family and sold to a reed, but they remember so many details. And I was just, I was just utterly fascinated just listening to, uh, you know, my elders uh, talk about him. 
So when I first started researching, uh, he was the first person I researched. When I, that, that day, August 3rd, I think, 1993, that first day I stepped into the Mississippi Department of Archives and History in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, he was the first person I started researching because I, I knew it was something about him that I had to research it. I had to tell his story. I had to figure out the details uh, to connect the dots. So, uh, you know, over a 13-year period, I, you know, connected the dots, found a lot of his family, uh, where they ended up, where his father ended up, uh, captured more oral history from my family members. And there was just something that came over me and said, Melvin, you're the chosen one. You have to mm-hmm, tell the story mm-hmm. of your mother's grandfather and, and bringing the family back together after 150 years later because, you know, once I figured out who all his family members were and where they ended up, we had a big reunion on the 150-year anniversary of when everybody was separated. They were separated in 1859, and I, had a grand, I planned a grand reunion uh, with over 200 family, uh, family members attended, and that wow. was the 150th year of when the family got all split apart. So that was led me to share his story because I, I've had this feeling for years since I was a teenager to tell his story. I felt Grandpa Bill was telling me, tell my story. Because, you know, all during mm-hmm. the genealogical journey, yeah. you know, I would get these amazing clues and family members would remember things that they hadn't told me before and it helped exponentially with my research. And it, it, all the dots came together. So I, I knew Grandpa Bill was okay, okay, grandson, I'm tell my story. So that's why I wrote mm-hmm. wrote that book. Yep. Wow. That's beautiful. That's amazing. And that's great that you listened. Yes. So, <laughs> it was yeah. so overwhelming. I couldn't help but to listen. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so in 150 years later, um, the book that we just talked about, you – you know, draw connections to some of the carryover practices that African-Americans brought over from West Africa, like the communal kinship setups. Um, and then I also noticed that you have the Sankofa bird, the Adinkra symbol um, on your book, which is like part of your publishing company. So I just wanted to ask, you know, why do you feel it's important to highlight um, the West African and African-American connection? Well, I, I feel it's I feel it's vastly important because we have to remember our our family history did not start uh, with slavery in America. You know, I know mm-hmm. uh, this book talks a lot about you know slavery and how my family were enslaved and split apart and brought back together. But nonetheless, I want to show the importance that you know our our roots did not start. Uh, with slavery. Our roots go back to West Africa. So that's why, you know, I reference some African uh, traditions in the book, as well as my first book. I, re- I reference a lot of uh, African retentions uh, in both books. Because I want, I want the audience to understand that we come from Africa, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, and that's very important. Even though we're digging up our history on this side of the Atlantic, we, we still right. have to uh, 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 uncover you know, our hear something, you know, about our history on the other side of uh, of the Atlantic Ocean. So that was, that was very important. Uh, you know, we did not come from uh, slavery in America. We came from Africa. So uh, that was very important to make that connection in both of my books, you know, the African connection. Mm-hmm. Okay. Powerful. Mm-hmm. 
I like um, when you said uh, call to connect the dots or um, also that pull to do the research. I think that there are many of us that we experience that. Um, we're just drawn to a certain name. Um, I try to focus when I'm doing my research on one person, but a lot of times there's this pull like, oh, no, look and research this particular line. So I think we all can relate to that. Um, mm-hmm. In doing family research, we often have these experiences that appear like coincidences, but some may say they're spiritual experiences. Have you had those kinds of experiences, and can you share what they are? Oh, my God, yes. Uh, in particular, <laughs> with this particular story of uh, my great-grandfather, Bill Reed, I've had numerous, numerous spiritual experiences, and I just had one earlier today. Uh, after 20 years that I'm going to share. But uh, mm. one of the one of the first, uh, I, I would say, spiritual experience is when, you know, listening to my my uh, elders and they remembered Grandpa Bill's father. Uh, they always say, well, he always said his father was sold away. And then I, and they say his father was named Pless. Uh, and then Grandpa Bill's death certificate even verified his father was named Pless. Plus bar, so uh, you know. So my elders remembered that and remembered that. Yeah, that was his father's name, and he said his father was sold away. He even told a story about how he how he stood there and watched his father being put on a wagon and uh, being taken away from the plantation from the farm, and he never saw him again. So my elders mm-hmm. remember that story and remember his name. And the informant of the death certificate confirmed that my family did in fact had knowledge of his father's name. So mm-hmm. uh, it was a man named Pleasant Bar. So, you know, I started researching. I found him, found a Pleasant Bar in Mississippi who was born in South Carolina, uh, and he was living over in Ripley, Mississippi, which was no, no more than 60 miles from where Grandpa Bill had migrated to because once, once Grandpa Bill became a free man, he and others decided to come to Mississippi. And he settled in Senatobia, where Ripley, Mississippi, was only about 60 miles away, and he had no idea that his father was hmm. there in Ripley. And I found his father in the 1870 wow. and the 1880 census. And this was back in the early 90s, 93, 94, during the days of American Online, when they used to have these message boards. So, you know, I'm mm-hmm. all excited. You know, I, I found, I think this is my pleasant bar. So I posted a message on American Online, and a Probably not a day later, a lady named Angela Walton Raji recognized the name. So uh, long, wow. long story short, lo and behold, uh, Pleasant Bar remarried after he was sold away to Ripley, Mississippi. He remarried to Angela's great-great-grandmother, uh, Amanda, Amanda Young. So that's so. And as you know, uh, Angela is a very well-known genealogist for over yes, 30, 40 years. Yes, she is. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so. Uh, it was just a that was the first one of the first spiritual experiences. Uh, uh, so uh, the second spiritual experience is when uh, my cousin Leroy and I, at the time I was living in Memphis, and it, it had to be around 2001, I believe. Uh, my cousin and I just decided to drive down to Ripley because uh, I was able to determine that Pleasant Bar, after he uh, you know settled there in Ripley after the Civil War, him and several others. Uh, started a church, the St. Paul United Methodist Church. 
So my cousin Leroy and I just got in, we picked the Sunday and we got in the car and, and decided to attend church service there. So you know how, you know, those, those Southern churches where they, they ask the uh, visitors to yes. introduce themselves yes. and what have mm-hmm. you. So uh, I, I had another spiritual experience. So I got up and just started talking, you know, about how, you know, my great, great grandfather had been sold and this where he ended up and him and four other men uh, uh, started started that church in 1870. And uh, the members of that church was like, wow, because my great-great-grandfather's name was definitely written in their family, not family history, but their church history. So they, they right. had heard the name Pleasant Bar before, you know. So uh, after the church service, you know, a lot of people greeted me. And one of the deacons, Deacon Justin, he came up to me and my cousin. He said, you know, the eldest member of the church is not here but I'll be glad to take you over her house. So I said, yeah, sure. So he took took us over to uh, this elder uh, church member's house, and we sat down and talked with her. But, of course, she didn't, she didn't remember, you know, my ancestor. He died long before she was born. But she was very right. knowledgeable about him being one of the men that helped found that church. So we were sitting there talking and uh, had a great conversation with her. And um, we were watching TV, too, and we saw that, you know, bad weather was approaching Ripley from the west. So, you know, we were saying, okay, we probably should, you know, head on back to Memphis. Uh, so mm-hmm. right before, uh, right when we were getting up, Deacon Johnson said, you know what, another elder member is right down the street. And she was sitting on her porch when, I, when we were coming into this house. So you sure you want, you want to go down there and chat right quick with her? She may know something. So I said, no, because, you know, it was still sunny outside, but if you look to the west, you saw that it was dark and, you know, it was, it was a storm coming. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, I instantly said, no, we, we should get back on the road because I see that, you know, weather's going to hit. So as we were approaching the car, something came over me that said, no, go over there and see that lady on, that's sitting at the porch. Go over there. So I, I quickly changed my mind. I said, hey, cuz, let's just walk down there because I, I do see her on the porch uh, and just chat with her. So we, we walked, you know, just a few, you know, a few hundred feet down to her house, and she was sitting on the porch. And I won't ever forget it. Very nice lady. Didn't know us from, you know, at all. But these two strangers, mm-hmm. she knew Deacon Johnson. So I guess she, she kind of figured that we were safe since we were with Deacon Johnson. So she said, oh, how y'all doing? <laughs> y'all had the southern draw. I won't ever forget. Right. How y'all doing, baby? How y'all doing? Know, right. you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> so I mean, it was, it was just such a welcoming spirit that she had. Right. So me and my cousin walked up to the porch, and you know, I explained why we were in Ripley and how my great great grandfather Pleasant Bar had started St. Paul Church because she was also a member. And she she interrupted me. She said, "Oh, I heard that name before." I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, because my ancestor died around 1889 or 1890 there in Ripley, so I'm like, oh my God, she remembered, she heard that name before, and she said, she said, yeah, Plus Bar, that was a strange name, but my granddaddy used to talk about him all the time. I was wow. like, really? Yeah. So I said, um, I said, who is, who was your grandfather? And um, she said, well, my grandfather was Sam Edgerton. At that instant, I started crying, you know, and Mm -hmm. I couldn't even talk. And, you know, Miss Rogers, see, you know, I'm sitting there, 
I'm sitting there shedding tears, and she's probably wondering, why is he crying? <laughs> so when I finally got myself together, I told her, mm-hmm. I said, you know, um, my cousin Angela had uh, the pension file of Pleasant Bar's second wife, and she sent me a copy of it. And in that in that uh, pension file, Amanda's first husband had fought in the Civil War, so she tried to get a widow's pension. But And, you know, with Civil War pensions, you get uh, people to testify. So Sam mm-hmm. Edgerton had testified, and he gave the most valuable information about Pleasant Bar that helped me wow. to uh, research him more. I mean, phenomenal information, like who he had been enslaved by and what have you. So, you know, I'm sitting there like, oh, my God, the, this man, I am now meeting his, you know, 80-something-year-old granddaughter. I said, that's not a wow. coincidence. Right, that's so powerful. That's not a coincidence. Uh, she was just so happy when I... Once I finally got myself together and explained to her, you know, how I'm just, just like, I'm just like speechless that she's the granddaughter of Sam Edgerton, you know, she was just thrilled. She was like, really, baby? <laughs> I said, yeah. So uh, you'll see in the book how I took a picture with her and stuff. But guess what? I knew I was going to talk about this. So I had, a, had another spiritual experience this mo- uh, earlier today. Um, I looked her up because tell, at the time, tell. back in 2001, uh, I knew she was in her 80s, and that was 20 years ago. So I kind of figured she had passed on. And I got on Ancestry today and looked her up. Get this now. Not only was she the granddaughter of Sam Edgerton, but on her mother's side, but on her father's side, her great-grandfather was one of the four men who went up to the courthouse with my great-great-grandfather Pleasant Bar and purchased land for that church. Wow. I, I'm, just not figuring, I'm just not finding that out today. I was so, you know, I was so overwhelmed that Sam Edgerton oh was her goodness. ancestor. But on her paternal side, her, her great-grandfather was one of the people, one of the four men with Pleasant Bar who, who paid $100 for a plot of land to build that church. So I'm sitting there like, oh, my God, Janice and uh, Cheryl Connor is just bringing up more spiritual experiences. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what we said that you know wow. it keeps. I keep thinking of the it's happening or it keeps happening, and uh, yeah. during a, a, a previous conversation, um, I, you know I just believe honestly that our ancestors, like God and our ancestors, they they watch over us and they help us when we're like earnestly seeking the information or when we're just drawn to something, it just happens. And and it keeps, I yeah. keep having that experience. I know a lot of other people keep having that experience. And just even our conversation, you know, our pre-interview uh, conversation that we had, that was a spiritual experience in itself. It was. Um, you know, the energy mm-hmm. that was there. Um, I have a dear yeah. friend who she found her dad and she's like, you know, how can I, she's 61, her dad is 82. And she's asking, how can I feel this way about him? And I, so strongly, and I, I, I only met him once. She just recently uh, met him. And I said, the power of DNA, it's energy. Yeah. It's real. And yeah. it draws us. Um, those connections, yeah. they happen. And I am astounded. I mean, I'm happy. I'm not surprised. But then again, I am. And it just goes back. Dr. Evelyn McDowell has a saying, and I borrow it, and I always try to give her credit for it whenever I use it. And that is, this work that we're doing it is mm-hmm. spiritual. These things are not just out of, you know, out of the blue happening. And, and we, we use the term coincidence, 
but I believe at this point that it's just meant to happen. You looking this morning and researching, mm-hmm. that was meant to happen. Um, you know, in our previous conversation, that pull that we get to to look at something, to look at a record that we just can't turn away and keep going or the nudging that we get, that is that spiritual energy that is alive and well in us, and we are still connected. So I'm so happy that that happened yeah. for you this morning. <laughs> That is amazing. <laughs> oh, my God, I can't wait to share this with Janice. You know, I found this out, you know. So, wow. So, yes, you, you He's are. connected uh, to this woman uh, on both you know, sides. No. no. So what? I said, so you're connected to yeah. her on both sides of her family. That's, like, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's wow. why we connected, you know. And I'm like, we, could, you know, we instantly connected. She was the sweetest person. And, uh, and you know, you know, after we left her house, uh, uh, by that time, the storm was right there at the foot of the, the town limits of Ripley. So me and my cousin got in the car, and then uh, we was like, okay, we, be- we better just kind of hold off until the storm passes over Ripley. So we made it to KFC. Mm-hmm. I'm trying not to cry. So I was sitting in KFC. Because I'm still overwhelmed about this meeting with uh, Miss Rogers and how, you know, she knew, uh, she had heard of my great-grandfather and the connection. I'm just sitting there in KFC, me and my cousin, just watching the rain coming down. And I just kept thinking that my ancestor was crying because I finally found him. Mm, wow. You know, yeah. I, wow. I related mm. that rain to mm to his peers because he had been sold away mm-hmm. from his kids. And now his great-great-grandson finally came back to the town where he ended up and discovered him and discovered someone mm-hmm. that had actually heard his name, heard mm-hmm. him talk about mm-hmm. him. So I'm watching the rain, and I said, great-great-granddad is crying. He's happy. So all of this is very spiritual. You know, genealogy is a very mm-hmm. spiritual journey for me. Um uh, and that's how I've always viewed genealogy. It's a spiritual journey. Um, uh, it changes our lives, you know, because, it, you know, not only it, it helps us to uh, tell our ancestors' story, but I think in a way that our ancestors not only want their story told, but they, they select us for a reason, and they know that we needed this. We needed this mm-hmm. passion in our lives to help us yeah. get through the trials and tribulations of life. I tell everybody, right. I said, genealogy has kept me sane for over over 25 years because I've mm-hmm. had, had yeah. to, to concentrate on when I'm going through ups and downs. You know what I mean? So, yes. Uh, hey, uh, listen, I, I refer to it as my happy. I'm like, genealogy is my happy place. You know, there's some, yeah. uh, somebody has a Facebook page, um, Art Gives Me Life, you know, Family history, genealogy is life to me. And as we discussed, you know, in our previous conversation, if I'm going through something or I'm faced with a challenge, I think about what my ancestors went through. And I'm like, you know what? I can handle this. If they went through everything they went through, I can handle, you know, this this minor uh, challenge that I'm facing. And one of the words, um, I think I started using it last year, and that is resilience. You know, they were resilient, and that's in us. 
it is in us yeah. to be determined to yeah. to keep going to to press on to make our way i mean you know god is with us you know we're people of faith so god is with us and then the spirit of our ancestors is with us and i just believe that that is it's real and and like you said it's it, for me it just brings me peace when i'm researching or i find something about them and i can tell their story and i keep telling people i said we um last week we had um uh, Kanika, uh, Kathy Lynn Marshall on, Kanika on. And she okay. said, you know, in, in our pre-interview, it was so powerful. She was like, listen, the research and this work that we're doing, it's not a goal. It's a mandate. I it's wrote mandate. that down. I said, that is powerful, <laughs> exactly. that it's a mandate, that it's a mandate, it's that you're mandate. called to do this, that we can't let them, you know, let, the, let their stories just sit there and not tell them. So, we're doing the work, you know, we're researching, right? And then we're, you know, we're mm-hmm. documenting. And then it's like, okay, well, you just can't sit there. You have to share it. You have to share it. Right. I did something for um, the kids in my family on um, a Facebook family Facebook page that we have that has over 300 um, members. And I said, when your children go to school and they learn about the American Revolutionary War, the Civil War, any war in this country, you let them know it's mm-hmm. not, oh, that's their history. That's someone else's history. I said, that's our history. I'm able to document that we were there. We were there in the past. We're still here mm-hmm. and we're going we're gonna to be here. And we have to, we have to let them know that, you know what, we exactly. are a force to be reckoned with. Our, our history is important and it matters. It matters. Yeah, so, can I I'm not here to preach, but oh, anyway. No, you, just, you just brought up an uh, excellent point. I remember uh, it had to have been like over over 15 years ago. I, uh, I went home to Mississippi, you know, to spend the weekend with my, my family, my parents, and, you know, they're still in Mississippi. So I go home some weekend. So I think at the time now I was living in Atlanta, and I drove home for the weekend. So uh, I'm at my parents' house, and my sister and my niece came over. And she was she was no more than like sixth seventh grade at the time. So she uh-huh. came and she she knew from early on that I was I was into history and genealogy. So she came over. I, I just asked her. I said, "What are you learning in history class, uh, uh, Jory?" She said, "Oh, we're learning about the Civil War." And I said, "Oh, okay. Uh, did your teacher mention that uh, you know uh, over uh, nearly two hundred thousand African American?" People fought the Civil War. She said, "No, she didn't mention it." Oh yeah, we uh. black folk we fought the Civil War. She said, "Really?" I said, "Yeah, your great 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 grandfather was one of those That's soldiers great. that fought the Civil War." I kid you not, she lit up like a Christmas tree. And she said, "Oh, she said, let me go grab a tablet." And she wrote, you know, I was telling her things, and she wrote it all down. She said, "Oh, I can't wait to go to school tomorrow. I'm gonna tell my teacher." You know, yes. man, her teacher had not <laughs> taught them that. They had not taught, you know, that there were black people who fought in the Civil War, you right. know. So, uh, and you know, and you know, I mean, literally, she just literally got super excited. So you're right. We have right. to, you know, we have to share what we learn, you know, and help right. not only help not only the uh, current generations but the younger generations to, you know, personalize American history with the stories of their own ancestors. That was yes. that right. would make them proud. 
You know it what brings, I mean? it makes it come alive. When I started, I never thought that I would find anyone that fought in the Civil War, let alone the American Revolutionary War. And to find that out, you know, to find that your family fits into the historical context, history takes on a different meaning. Different. And mm-hmm. I think that yes. that more young yes. people would be interested in it if they knew, hey, your great-great-grandfather. I, I talk to my children about it all the time, and they're just mm-hmm. starting to become I'm more interested in it, and I'm happy about that, so that it's not some foreign thing like, oh, well, we, you know, we weren't there. We were just, our ancestors were enslaved. No. They, no, we were fighting. They, they were yeah. more than, they were, some of them were free people of color. Yes, some of them were enslaved, but I try to do everything I can to share, even with our Native uh, ancestry, sharing that as well. So, okay. mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, right. wow. And we're going to do more of that because, you know, you know this debate about, uh, uh, people getting upset about uh, the critical race theory. So we're going to have to step it up mm-hmm. and, and, and teach it in our homes, you know, some of mm-hmm. our neurological findings to the story, you know, to let, exactly. let our own children know this is what happened. You know, skip what they're telling you in school and, and about what they don't want you to know. We're going to tell you. And we're going we're gonna to apply right. some, of, some of the names of our ancestors to these stories, you know. So, right. yeah, right. We, yeah, the genealogy is, is so powerful. So mm-hmm. so it is. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's interesting, right, because, Melvin, you're from Mississippi, and you're from mm-hmm. Canton. I have family from Canton. Um, although you do explain in the book that your family's not originally from Canton. They're from northern Mississippi. But, you know, nonetheless, I'm 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 going to claim you anyway. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. You know, we claim my, each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and shout out to my Woodruff family, uh, Woodruff and, and Brown family. They're out of um, Canton. Um, but as someone who does have some family roots in Mississippi, um, I have found Mississippi research to be a little tricky and often frustrating at times. Um, it's also not the most, um, you know, I think it, it doesn't get a lot of attention, you know, in, in family research world and in the genealogy world. Um can you share your experience in doing Mississippi research and offer some tips and resources for having success doing Mississippi family research? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, when I started, it was, it was in the days before ancestry.com. So I mm. started doing the days I had to go to the Mississippi archives and get on those microfilms and, uh, you know, research your family. So, uh, and luckily I early because, you know, I do find Mississippi to be a little more difficult because um, they are lacking in providing online uh, resources right. to their records, like their death certificates. Right. So many, oh, my God, it's just so many researchers that can't get to Mississippi need access to those death certificates. I think there's now an index online, but not the actual scan. Right. So many need that resource for their research. And they just simply have to, you know, wait to until they can, you know, they are able to, you know, make a trip to Jackson, Mississippi. Or if there's a search angel that, that is able to uh, uh, go down. And even still, when you have somebody look up, it's still not the same as going yourself. Because when yeah. you tend to go yourself, you may tell a person to look up one person, but if you go yourself, you might you might get you might find other death certificates of other members of your family that, you know, would greatly, you know, help your research or may get the death certificates of everyone, the surname. So, you know, they're missing out on stuff like that. And, you know, Mississippi has, uh, 
you know, other records that are just not online. So, um, mm-hmm. so I do recommend if people have Mississippi roots and they really need to uh, research to, you know, make time to visit the Mississippi Department of Archives and History, as well as the courthouse. The county courthouse is there too. So, uh, okay. because Mississippi is just not as fortunate. I love researching my North Carolina connections, my Virginia yes. connections. Yes, <laughs> there's a lot of so information there. Online, you know, cohabitation records and just so much right. online. Virginia mm-hmm. even has slave birth uh, online, you know, and Mississippi yeah. just does not have that. So, yeah, there is a level of difficulty and frustration that I do understand. But, but you know what? Uh, FamilySearch.org is doing a wonderful job scanning more and more Mississippi records. So I do implore people to check out what FamilySearch.org has on Mississippi. For an example, I've been able to get access online of uh, some court records of the slave owner that if not, I would have had to go into Jackson, Mississippi. To get it, wow. so you know they they are scanning more county court records. Uh, so definitely look at that to see what's now available. People, some people may actually be surprised that their family, you know, their records that they need are probably on FamilySearch.org now, and probably gotten there within the past few years. So mm-hmm. uh, that that's going to be a big help, you know, as you know, because they're they are continuously scanning more and more records, uh, FamilySearch.org. So definitely, you know, I tell people, yeah, definitely check that site because even now even some of the county marriages from Mississippi are now I found on uh, FamilySearch.org. So that's that's been a great re- resource and a great help to Mississippi researchers. So yeah. uh, th- those are two tips that I, I, I do have for, you know, Mississippi it, it, researchers. It's funny you mentioned that, too, about North Carolina versus, like, Mississippi because I had a similar, same exact thing because I have another line out of my family from North Carolina, a lot of, like, deep roots there. And so I was trying mm-hmm. to get the marriage license for um, my my great-grandfather, who actually was from Mississippi, moved to North Carolina and married my great-grandmother. And mm-hmm. it was no problem getting, like, the North Carolina marriage license. I got a copy of it. I could see, you know, who signed it. I saw that, like, her sister was, like, a witness. I got all the, like, information. Then I tried to get the marriage license for a Mississippi line for um, my, like, second great-grandparents or whatever. And I got so excited. I opened, you know, the mail. I sent out a request, and they were going to send me a letter. And, you know, I got something in the mail. I was like, oh, I'm so excited. I opened it, and it's, like, a current printout. So basically what the person did was, they like typed up the information that I guess I gave them and mm-hmm. made like a modern printout <laughs> with like, oh, with, like no, a computer software icon. Like, That's like a refund, please. <laughs> <laughs> what I had in mind. But okay. <laughs> so yeah, there is a very, you know, it, it's very different and like there does need to be, um, you know, there's a need for a lot more digitizing and, and things like that. But like the advice you give is, is really, really good. And you've also had a lot of success with oral history, too, and just, like, talking to folks, um, oh, you know, yeah, in Mississippi. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah. great yeah. advice. Thank you for that. Okay. All right. So, Melvin, can you share your story about the connection to your DNA match in Africa and how you ended up traveling there? Um, we'd love to hear your story there. And then also um, just a little bit about your blog uh, before 
we move forward. So uh, DNA Match in Africa, your trip to Ghana, and then just a little bit about your blog. Okay, yeah, sure. Okay, so in 2015, um, uh, I went to Memphis for a family gathering uh, to meet some new Edwards cousins from Oklahoma. So we had like that family gathering uh, to welcome these new Edwards cousins from Oklahoma to Mississippi. So we're sitting there, and my uh, my, uh, my my cousin who actually went to Ripley with me, you know, he goes to Africa all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. And he was preparing to go to Ghana in December. So, you know, he was mentioning, I'm going to Ghana in December. Uh, if anybody would like to go uh, and tag along with me, I'll be glad because uh, my good friend in Ghana is going to host me, and he said that if, uh, if, uh, if I bring other family members, He'll be glad to host everybody in his house. So, you know, we thought that this was a great opportunity. So right. four of us, you know, we made the decision there. We have, we're going with you because uh, we're going with you. So mm-hmm. uh, as we are planning, you know, we're planning the trip and getting our passport ready and, you know, our, our shots ready and everything, you know, I, I'm checking my DNA matches uh, one day on uh, Ancestry.com. And I noticed a brand new match. Uh, uh, her name was Nana Faba Adun. So I was like, wow. oh, this, this, this person is from Ghana. So I reached out to the person that was managing the account, and it, it happened to be uh, a, a wonderful young lady named Dr. Lakeisha David. She just got her PhD, and she was managing the account because she's the founder of a group called TAKIR, in which she she makes those African connections between Africans and African-American families. So, mm. uh, and she just so happened to have tested this person because that person was uh, her best friend's grandmother. Her best friend is from Ghana. And that was her grandmother. Connecting the dots uh, again. Wow. <laughs> so I reached out, I reached out and realized that it was, it was, it was Lakeisha that was managing this account. I said, Hey, person is matching my uncle and my mother, you know, it's matching my maternal side. Who is this? And, you know, she said, uh, she said oh, that's my, that's my best friend's grandmother. Uh, I, I asked her to, the next time she'd go back home to Ghana to uh, take a kit and test her grandmother. So uh, long story short, I missed, I said, well, guess what? Me and my cousins, we are getting ready to go to Ghana in, in wow. about two or three months. And uh, and I said, we would love to, you know, meet her when we get over there. And he said, yeah, she lives in Cape Town, and I'll see what I can do. So, you know, she got it. She knew other members of that family, and uh, and they set it up where, you know, while we were there, we can go over, we can go to Cape Town to meet her. And we end up meeting, like, ten members of her family. We had, like, a reunion, almost like a reunion, uh, sat down at eight, uh, had, had a ceremony. I mean, they planned it out wow. well. The host planned it out really well uh, because this is, a, this is a major thing, you know. We are here in God. Now, that's a spiritual experience. <laughs> that was a, a spiritual mm-hmm. experience. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, it was so spiritual. All I could do was just stare at her because I couldn't believe what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, we met her children, her grandchildren, and we, we definitely had an African reunion. So that was, I mean, that yeah, like you said, that was a spiritual moment because that, that wasn't planned. You know, we were planning right. to go to Ghana for right. a week and tour and, 
and what have you and come back, but the ancestors had another agenda. They they revealed something while we were planning so we could be able to meet our uh, Ghanaian cousins. So, yeah, it, that was a super uh, super moment, you know, spiritual moment. Wow, that's so, amazing. Uh, and, yeah, and now uh, me and her grandchildren, we keep in contact on Facebook uh, and what have you, and, one of her granddaughters came to D.C. about two years ago, and me and my cousin showed her around, you know, D.C. and what have you. So, you know, we kept the connection going, you know. So, uh, right. you know, we just Is that didn't explained on your blog? Melvin, hmm? no, real quick, is that explained on your blog? Do you have a, um, a story for that on your blog? Yeah, I have it on my older blog. Okay. Uh, okay. I All wrote right. that mm-hmm. story, yeah because now my newer blog is rootsrevealed.com that I've had for three years. Uh, but prior it was rootsrevealed.blogspot.com. So my old blog is okay. still online. So that story is on the old blog. But if you go to right. like my new blog, uh, you will still see a link to the old blog. So, yeah, and the uh, listeners may want to check out this, the story that you did about uh, Chadwick Boseman. That one's really, really good. So, yeah, that's on the new blog. I did that what uh, uh, over a year ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, real yeah. Okay. So that get into the Thank question you. about my blog. I started blogging in 2012 because mm-hmm. uh, uh, one of I was a member of Oz, and one of my Oz members, I can't think of her name. She kept she kept saying, "Melvin, Melvin, you need to do a blog." And at first, I did not. I did not want to do a blog. I just I did not. I was not <laughs> interested. <laughs> I'm gonna be serious. I'm being honest. I was not interested. So, uh, so one day, I think this is this is another spiritual moment. I'm sitting at home, and one day, I just got this feeling: do a blog. <laughs> so, I think that was a spiritual moment in which the ancestors were talking to me. That yeah, yeah, do a blog, do a blog. So, I got on the computer and I started uh, a blog, and I've been doing it ever since. I love it. I love it because what I like to do is I'm not a huge talker. Um, really? Me, I, yeah, I don't talk a lot about. I mean, even some of my coworkers, you know, um, they get mad at me. I've had uh, I had certain situations where, uh, you know, I've been working with a, a group for one or two years, and I had never mentioned mm-hmm. my genealogy stuff on that. You know, I've just never mentioned it. Mm-hmm. And once they, once I, once I mention it one day, oh yeah, I do genealogy, and I start talking and giving them details, and, and they go Google. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Melvin, how come you didn't tell us all of this? You have books. You got a blog. Wait, you're not a talker, but when it comes to genealogy, game on. <laughs> I'm like, we at work, and you know, this is this is my outside. No, I, yeah, you know, I like just, your approach. No, yeah. I like your approach, Melvin. Yeah, yeah keep it separate. Yeah, so, so I'm just not a, I'm just not a huge talker. So, uh, and you probably can't tell that tonight, but but when I do talk about genealogy, people are comfortable with. Oh yeah, I could talk, but just in a normal situation, I'm usually kind of quiet. So when I finally yeah, told I them, think you most, know, I think oh, most genealogists are doing this, do the same thing. Most of us, rather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to share this too because uh, okay, I had to go to a training session with two other coworkers probably about five years ago. So. Uh, so when I mentioned my name in the class, one lady knew me. And afterwards, she said, you're American Kanye? You're the genealogist? I said, yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm not, that, I'm not famous. I'm not that famous. I don't really want to be famous. That's not my personality. So, so I'm sitting there like, wow, she knew who I was. 
And wow. my coworkers was like, what's up, bro? What you, what do you do? How does this lady know you? <laughs> you know, she treated me like you're a celebrity. <laughs> Double 07 over here. Uh, uh, that's, what I, that's what I mentioned. Oh, I said, yeah, I do genealogy on the side. And I've written, you know, several books. And, you know, they go Google. And I, boy, wow. you ain't said nothing. I was like, oh, well. But uh, and that's how I started blogging. The ancestors spoke to me. I really believe that because I didn't want to do it. The ancestors spoke to me and say, "Go ahead and do it." And I have a, I haven't put it down since. I love it because I talk through my fingers. I talk right. and I love organizing the research and to try to help others. You know, uh, learn right. from my. You do an excellent job with that. I've seen your presentations in person mm-hmm. and online. Oh, thank you, thank you. So yeah, I love it to to tell the ancestor story, but I also love it to inspire people, to let people know, yes, we can. We can very successfully trace our enslaved ancestors, very successfully. And this is how I did it for this particular, you know, and this is how I use DNA to uh, find out more about this particular brand. So I like it from from that, both aspects, you know, telling the story and then inspiring people to, okay, this is how I did it. Maybe you can learn something from this case study. So, uh, right. so I love it. Yeah, I mean, I'm still doing it. <laughs> it's been what, awesome. nine years, and I'm still doing it. Yeah, yeah. consistency is key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, what are some parting words that you would like to share with our listeners? Parting words: Never give up. Uh, genealogy is not easy, but it is extremely rewarding, not only for you but for the current and future generations. So don't let frustration uh, make you put it to the side because I've been Mm -hmm. frustrated a lot with uh, other lines of my family where I wasn't finding anything. And then, boom, like five or ten years later, I found a major clue that helped me with uh, that particular branch. So I, I really do feel that the ancestors are on the journey with you. So if you're easily frustrated and give up, then you may be doing a disservice to what your ancestors want you to do. So don't yes. give up. Take a break sometime, uh, uh, but keep at it. Keep learning. Uh, read about other experience and how they, uh, you know, they were able to, you know, break down the 1870 brick wall. Uh, and just, just don't give up. Uh, and because your ancestors want their stories told, and and yes. you are like you are likely the chosen one. So if you're the chosen right. one, the chosen one shouldn't give up, you know. So uh, right. it's not an easy Have journey. responsibility. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's not an easy journey, but, you know, nothing in life uh, is, you know, that's good will come easy. So uh, keep at that's it. Right. Don't give up. Yep. <laughs> well, Melvin Collier, thank you so much for sharing with us and our listeners. We had a lovely chat. Um, you can learn more about him at rootsrevealed.com, um, which, as he said, will link you also to his older blog. To our listeners, thank you for joining us, and we look forward to sharing with you during our next segment of Speak On It. Speak On It is a podcast and is immediately available to listen to at your leisure. This show is sponsored by Bernice Bennett of Research at the National Archives and Beyond Block Talk Radio. Thank you.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.